Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Madeline McCray on the line. Madeline, how are you? Doing awesome. Thank you. Great to have you on here. Uh, we had a little bit of a just behind the scenes people. Uh, my Calendly scheduling thing gave her two Zoom links and they should be the same, but they weren't. So, uh, but thankfully, um, your deductive reasoning went, mm, let's click this one. And da-da, here I am. So thank you so much. Thank you for same being your, your, your perseverance is, is, is no greatly appreciated. So, <laughs> so why don't you share with the audience a little bit about you and, and the awesome work you do? Sure. I am a business coach and a consultant. I work in the very specialty niche of home improvement and even the more subspecialization of the shading industry. And I help small to mid-sized business owners who are already doing well go from good to great in their businesses and learn how to grow with more intentionality. That's awesome. And I'm guessing you've seen some interesting things over the last couple of years uh, or the (laughs) pandemic and all of that, because uh, I've I've heard the phrase, the great reset, and a lot of organizations have either been forced to reset or they've chosen to reset. So I'd love to hear some Mm -hmm. of the insights of what you've seen in, in the work that you've done. So our industry has been um, unique in that people hunkered down in their homes during the pandemic. And many of the um, ideal client profiles, I work primarily with custom with clients who offer custom goods to consumers, you know, custom goods for their window treatments, windows, doors, interior design sort of things. And that that population didn't suffer from job loss the same way that maybe the service industry may have. So their ideal client profile was unharmed by the negative effects of COVID on their careers, right? However, they felt very, very much the effects of COVID on their home life because home and work suddenly got blended. So there was a a seven-week period where our industry took a pretty huge nosedive, just like everyone else, when that moment of uncertainty and people's phones stopped ringing because everyone just was like, but then after that, the, the majority of my clients, every single one of my clients, with no exceptions, has seen a significant surge in their business, especially from, I would say, May until, you know, December of last year of 2020, there was a huge surge in their businesses. So they had to suddenly handle issues of growth, of unexpected growth, and then the squeeze of finding really good um, team members because so many of their their ideal team members were benefiting too greatly from the unemployment benefits that they were, quite frankly, making more money staying home. And it was easier for them to stay home and make money than it was for them to pursue a career in the trades. And so that has really been a huge challenge for my clients. And we expected there to be a little bit of tapering off, but I just got off the phone this morning with my third client who set their all-time record sales numbers last month, right? So all-time ever in the history of their business. And I've had quite a few clients um, really have their careers made during these last you know year or so. An industry that has been working, you know, absolutely crazy hours similar to what your clients have done 
is the mortgage industry because mm -hmm. a lot of people moved during this sure. pandemic. And there's been a, you know, a variety of different reasons. One, maybe they escaped, you know, the concrete jungle of, you know, big high rise buildings in a you know, downtown area to move out into the burbs or maybe even in the country because mm -hmm. They're allowed to work remotely and their company said, yeah, we're going to continue sure. doing this. So they're thinking, well, why don't I go live where I want to? And I could still just commute in maybe occasionally or just I always zoom in or whatever the case may be. So you've got that. You've got said so the, the challenge you had mentioned as well, where a lot of people were making almost the same amount of money or maybe even more money on all of the stimulus and unemployment than going to work. So people went, why should I go to work? Sure. government's paying me to stay home here i yeah. am right. and and that's impacted every sector and it's going to continue to with supply chain problems because yeah. the freight companies are having a difficult time finding drivers yeah. the companies aren't making you know the window treatments and blinds and all the other fun things if those factories aren't having a lot of luck in finding people to help make that stuff. Well, then it's hard for your clients to go, well, all right, sure. I'd Me love to, I, I'd love to install something, but I don't have any in stock. So, sure. yeah. And, and I think this is going to be something that we're going to be feeling for good a, long couple, a good long time. Everybody's going to think, ah, the pandemic's over. Yay. The mask, take it off. Woo let's <laughs> hug, let's hug everybody. And next thing you know, it's like, why is the shelves look so bare? And right. And it's in, you know, kind of in the early days of the pandemic when we couldn't find toilet paper, you know, right. there's going to be sure, other, sure. other mm -hmm. things that are going to look like that. So sure. how's your, how's your clients navigating around that? You know, many of my clients have the fortunate position that they're used to selling a custom product and custom product has lead time, right? They're used to really fast lead time. You know, they could order something specifically, specific for your home, exactly for that spot and get it in two weeks. And now it's more like eight weeks. And sometimes it's more like 10 weeks. And some of my clients are actually all the way completely booked until November because of lead time and unavailability of the workers to do the installations. So one of my clients has a warehouse full of product that they cannot install because they do not have the team for it. And it's that double-edged sword of the production slow production from the manufacturer and a low availability of the workforce. They're willing to pay, but you can only pay so much. And then once those, your rates get to a point where the clients aren't going to say yes. So the, they're, they're dealing with it by having to manage a lot more time managing pro, um, project management and a lot more effort in communication and a lot more, um, quite frankly, dealing with very, very difficult, hard to please clients. Um, the number of times I have this, I have this uh, training I teach called how to handle haters, which is it's about when people get really unreasonable, right? And they're really nasty or they just say mean things unnecessarily. You know, when, when you are in a position of being fired at with all that anger, how do you handle it? Especially if it's a day after day, it's a training that I used to do exclusively for call centers and customer service teams because they would hand, have those things that every once in a while I would tailor it for how do you handle when someone writes you a negative review? How do you handle that? So those were kind of the two iterations. Today, I teach it for entire companies. How do you handle these escalations? Because people are fried. 
They're just tired. They've been emotionally stretched and they're, they, they're not their normal selves, right? They're just less patient, less understanding. And the truth of the matter is when you're dealing in someone's home, when you're there, that's something they feel they want to control. Because so few other aspects of their lives over these last 18 months, they've been able to truly control. So they get really controlling about something over which they have no control, right? They don't have any control over the supply chain. They don't have any control over the volume of installations that you have to do. So they, they want to micro control or micromanage this project, which in the past, they would just trust you to do. So that's been a huge point of growth in a lot of my a lot of my clients' businesses is developing those skills to understand how do you handle these escalated environments, and it's it's up leveling their skills. So that's great. Um, they're also just being really straightforward, transparent communication with their client and setting expectations early on. You know, this is right now we're at an eight to ten week lead time right now. Right. So if you wait three weeks to place this order, I can't promise you an eight to 10 week lead time. Right. So it's also being really clear in their sales process and helping the client understand the sense of urgency is not a created sense of urgency. If this is something that you want, you know, I have clients today who are running very specific marketing campaigns to say, like, are you planning on having company for the holidays in December? you know, get on it now, place your orders now, make sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Because once you start adding, you know, 10 weeks, that's almost three months. And then if you wait two more months, now that's maybe out to four months, you've totally missed your window, right? Your home isn't going to look fresh and refreshed the way that you want for the holidays when you have family come in for the first time in two years, right? So it's, it's just, that's how they're handling it. Excellent communication, transparency, and helping their clients to um, set the right expectation so that there's not all these difficult clients that they're dealing with today. So we're hoping to mitigate those difficult clients over the next several months, but being realistic, it's, it's likely to continue. Yeah. I see that so much uh, just in observing people. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's fuses are much shorter than they used to oh, be there. And yes. there's a combination of obviously the frustration of what the pandemic has done, the stress of that, you know, whatever factors are going on in their lives. And the fact that, you know, so, so many people forgot how to interact with people. That's right. Because we weren't, we, we were doing this, you know, we're not in the same room. We're in a virtual room, but we're not in the same physical room. Mm-hmm. And people forgot how to interact with each other. And it's, right. and everybody wants everything instantly. And I think that's one of the early stages of the pandemic, I think was what was so bothersome for so many people is, is a society we're so used to instant, sure. almost everything, you know, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. don't, we don't have to do dial-up internet anymore. We just, <laughs> we just go, and pe- people, you know, people hear that and they're like, "What do you mean by that?" I'm like, oh, believe me, I wish I had an old U.S. robotics modem. I would show you. Sure. I'd love but, to show you what that's like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here, here, here's the sound. Here's this. Uh, wait, wait. Oh, it dropped. Ah, oh, you know, right in the middle of downloading something. Or, right. Oh, yeah. Right. You, you, YouTube. What? Yes. Dial-up? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, okay. So, but. You know, going back to like the supply chain things and setting expectations, it reminds me, my brother bought a new house. He was one of those people that was in that mm-hmm. stat and mm-hmm. he moved in last September and he ordered new furniture because you know, yep. he wanted new furnishings yep. and all that stuff. And so he ordered a couch, love seat, all that good stuff. 
He ordered it in September, and the, the salesperson said, we estimate that it'll be delivered in April. Right. And it was delivered in May. Right. And, uh, you know, he told me that, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is a bigger issue than I think a lot of people recognize. Yes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. for a short window of time, you know, everything was kind of shut down and put on hold. Right. And, and the just-in-time inventory and the flow of all that, it's not like you're able to get things right back to where they were before. So as we said before, I, this is going to be something that's going to be ongoing for some time. It may be, we may be looking at several years, depending right. on what it is. And yeah. I think people need to again, with the clear communication, get that expectation. Uh, You know, when I explain things to my, my 19 year old and Mm -hmm. she, she of course has grown up in a, you know, not, not snap your fingers, get it kind of thing, but she has not had to wait for much because gratification is not for most young adults. Yeah, so it's going to be a real culture shift for people because you know this pandemic isn't going to end in six right. weeks. It's right. been on for the longest six weeks in the history of the humanity. But <laughs> the rolling six week that yeah, it's like, yeah, just, yeah, we're we're going to wear, wear your mask, close things down. We're going to do this for a couple of weeks, and then you know we should be we should be good to go yes. by you know by May, uh, May of what year? That's you right. Know, the, yeah. Yeah. But, but again, I think what you said you know, is applicable across the board where I think people need to you know, inhale, exhale, and, and start not only clearly communicating, but also seek to understand. Because sure. you know, the person, your client, that's explaining to their customer the situation, it's not their fault. It's like, look, I, I can only do this. this. These are all the circumstances. There's so many moving parts into these things in everything that we have right. that you know, it may not be what you want. But and, and that company that is taking out the ads, like entertaining for the holidays because you couldn't last year. Yes. Well, you you might want to put in that order. You know, they. <laughs> Christmas in July has never meant so much as it does now. It's like, if you want to celebrate Christmas with new this and this, yeah, might want to order it now. And I even in the retail sector and supply chain, I know a lot of uh, the retailers are already stockpiling their stock for, for Christmas Mm -hmm. grocery stores are stockpiling non-perishable type food items because they know that the cost and inflation are going up. Mm -hmm. So there, yep. It's uh, yep. it, it's going to be an interesting dynamic, and, and and what I like to see very, or I don't like to see it, but I'm going to see it. I think it's going to be a very very stressful period of time for a lot of organizations and people. So, mm-hmm. right. utilizing you and your help uh, to help navigate through this, I think it's going to be a big big deal. Yeah, it it definitely does help to have a someone who's outside of your organization who can lend a supportive but but also constructive eye and say, hey, here's some things that you might want to try. Here's some things you might want to think about for your team. Here's some things you might want to think about for your customer communication. Here's some things you might want to think about for diversification of vendors, right? So that's another element that one of the things that a lot of people haven't considered is when manufacturers did their big furlough 
or laid people off or just eliminated positions because of the slump of demand, that one, one and a half months of slump that they'd had no idea how long things were going to last. Um, they, those people didn't come right back, right? So we all, for all the reasons we talked about, so they've had to do new hires and there is a learning curve when you bring someone new into an organization. So there was a huge surge, even in premium brands of quality control issues at the consumer level. So it had already reached the manufacturing organization and then there was a, a huge rash of shipping damages. Now imagine you're a consumer, you've already waited your eight weeks, your product comes in, they unpack it at your home, which is industry standard, and it's damaged, or they hang it in your window and it's jacked up because one of the guys in the production line who was brand new or one of the gals in the QC didn't know to check for that, or, or they, there was also you know, a few different uh, product improvements that were created and rolled into production lines with brand new individuals managing the change that didn't roll smoothly. So now you're in a situation where you have to have a remake and there's not, those remakes aren't turning in one day, right? It's weeks for those remakes. So you've waited eight weeks, then there was an issue with installation and then there was a remake and let's say four things got remade and one of them, there's another remake, then there's another four weeks. So this, this can drag on and on and it's very stressful. And it's also really difficult for the cash flow of so many of my clients because they're collecting a deposit and the remainder is not due until the final sign-off from the client, right? And when that's, that's not a gap they're used to managing, right? So there's, they're having to re, reassert their cash flow paradigm. And that's also quite difficult. So it's, it's a range of issues. And it, like, like you said earlier, it's not something that's just going to clear up. You know, there's also, you know, there was, was an issue, I think, a fire at a big production facility or a raw materials facility in, in Texas earlier this year. Really significant. They make one of the elements that goes into tons and tons of commercial grade products and commercial grade paint. So that, that one little hiccup in the supply chain is impacting thousands of items that go into building other thousands of items. So it's not just the pandemic. It's not just one thing. It's all the combined ramifications. Um, it's a lot to manage. And when you're a small business owner and your, your, your company makes or breaks it by, you know, a couple of tens of thousands of dollars or a couple of hundred grand, that, that really, it's hard to navigate. And like you said, stressful for sure. Um, one of the most supportive things that I have found for my clients, and I think it's it's quite across the board, is having a group of peers, having other business owners just like you who are going through the same things that you meet with and discuss and talk about, like, what is your strategy? And sometimes it's like, there is no win here, right? There's, we don't have anything. <laughs> We've done all of our bag of tricks and then some, there's nothing for us to do. So sometimes it's just like, we want to, we just want to sit on our little pity pot for 10 minutes and just be real, feel sad for ourselves because it's a lot to manage. And knowing that you're not alone in it, knowing that there are other people who have also exerted all of their things. And sometimes it's one teeny tiny little idea that you're like, oh, I haven't tried that yet. And that one tiny drop of water in the desert is like, okay, <sighs> at least we can have something new to try. And it's just, it's, it, it, it's really the challenge is where the growth comes from. And I think that the companies that are willing to embrace it that way 
and to live through the discomfort and to grow through the discomfort will really come out as such strong organizations. Yeah, it's definitely an opportunity for growth and, and mm-hmm. challenging and, and character building and mm-hmm. ca- the cash flow component as well. That one, that one's going to surprise a lot of companies and potentially clients as well. Where and we see this in the restaurant business and in other industries as well, where they've been able to limp along during this pandemic, but then when it comes time to ramp up, they don't have the cash flow to be able to fully reopen. And they may have to go, well, if I can't get any type of assistance and if there isn't really any there, it's like, wait a minute, we've been giving you assistance all along. You know, what, what happened? You, know, you may see a lot of companies when it's like, okay, time to reopen. Like we can't. And that's going to have a domino effect on so many different things. And supply chain, I used to work for a supply chain association years ago. And we don't realize how connected we are and what little component can mean the biggest difference in the world. You know, everybody thinks, so computer chips are out a shortage. Okay. Everybody's thinking, all right, so I won't be able to get a brand new MacBook or an F-150 or a new refrigerator or the smart this or that, or maybe your iPhone cars or, you know, electronics or, okay, the new, you know, you know, the big sale of, you know, airplanes or something like that, you know, Boeing or Airbus are like, well, we can't, we can't manufacture the plane right now because we need this chip. And uh, that company is, you know, three months behind on deliveries and because they make them for all kinds of different things. You're going mm-hmm. standardization seems like a good idea, but sometimes when it's, everybody's got it and there isn't enough to go around, then you start running into some challenges and that's what we're right. seeing. And you think, okay, that a little fire, not say little, but a fire in, in a, a factory in Texas, you know, having a global impact, you're going, wow. wow. Yes. How is that even possible? Right. And so many of my clients, you know, they're on, um, they have uh, sort of rations from their manufacturing vendors or from their manufacturer. They only get allotted a certain, certain number, which has not accommodated for their growth at all. Right. So they just can't get enough. Right. I have actually a client who you were talking about um, the restaurant industry where they've been being supported, been being supported. Now it's at the bitter end where they need one more push in order to get themselves through to open. I have a couple of friends in the restaurant industry. Like you're right. That last little push, if there's no accommodation there, that that can be their going under moment, even though they survived all this. And I have a client in the um, so the exterior shading industry, which was hugely event dependent. 80% of their business was uh, events, right? Think about all the event planning and all the corporate events and all that, all the music venues, all of those things. There are so many subsidiaries that, um, subsidiaries that, that supplied product to those events. And with the um, events have not come back, right? They've come back teeny tiny bit but they're not at the scale or the grandeur. And this is still worse. You know, this is a year and a half later and the 80% of the business that was a comp that they lost, they have not recovered. They've recovered in other sectors. They just have had to grow, but that was their entire business model that disappeared, right? Totally disappeared. And the difficult part is when you're in a really subspecialized 
when you've really, really niched down, your people are such a critical asset because they know how to make that magic happen. And if you let them go, when the surge comes back, you can't deliver. So you get caught in this weird catch-22 of, I can't let go of my people because if I let go of my people, my business is like, my business doesn't really exist anymore without the people because I need the people to execute the work. But if we don't get work, I can't keep the people. And it's, you're just holding out hope and they're just running on like that just-in-time cash flow or not even just-in-time. And banks are tired of lending. Banks are uncertain about your future because the future is uncertain. And then the government is only going to lend so much, right? They're only going to grant you so much money. And honestly, in a lot of the cases I've seen, it's not enough. It's not enough because there's no recovery. There hasn't been the recovery yet. And even when there is, the question for a lot of my clients is, is it going to, are we ever going to go back to having those sort of events? Are people ever going to be comfortable to gather in thousands again, right? The answer is hopefully yes. But it's hopefully, and that's very hard to get, you know, alone on a hopefully. Yeah, there's, you know, we're seeing pockets of it, you know, different mm-hmm. parts of state sporting events, you know, sure. in California and there's in New York's had, a, you know, they're having some concerts and things like that. But again, it, it boils down to comfort levels and conferences. And we all know, you know, the, the stale air in conference rooms sometimes is a little concerning. And I think in time, people will, will come to grips with it and there'll be modifications and all the things to you know, protect us as best they can. But I agree with you. I think that and somebody asked me this not too long ago. It's like, do you think, you know, things will return to, and I said, no, no, we're not returning to what things were. There'll be some things that will look very similar to what things were, but it's going to be a new frontier. Uh, some of the same players, but it'll look a little different. And you know, I agree. I think it, it, it's tragic in a way. Well, it's, it definitely is tragic when you think about all those organizations that have been able to survive this, and then it gets to the finish line, and they're not able to cross the finish line. It's such. It's such a travesty and a tragedy on this because of so many layers and you know government assistance and all that stuff you know i you know in talking with investors and different things it's like look there's going to need to be more because it's going to be for the businesses that you know need to you know continue to run and the the small businesses of course are going to be the front and center you know the large ones no you know, not necessarily because they've been able to withstand all of this anyway. They've got the, they've got the reserves that they can dip into for for several years, so they can navigate it. But your 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 corner hardware store or your your company that you know has custom blinds uh, and window uh, decor for you know you know large scale you know communities and you know very affluential communities, mm-hmm. you know they're the ones that are going to struggle and and then we as consumers struggle because we lose out on choices we lose out on opportunities our our colleagues and our neighbors lose work because the the work's not there anymore so it's going to be a really interesting and uh, potentially really challenging time going ahead for sure for sure i'm very curious to see how it all shake itself out right i would love to fast forward and see see glance back in 5 years and see where what happened um, that, you know, there's, there's inevitable downturn after a boom, 
right? There's just inevitable down to work turn. And I, I always find it really um, funny, not funny, like funny, not haha, but like, hmm, that be look, I couldn't see that coming. You couldn't pretty much a freight train, you know, with every boom, there's there, it's just cyclical. The, our economy is cyclical and it just is self-corrective and cyclical. It's normal that there's, that this should come. And there are going to be companies that are totally taken by surprise you know, when, when they're, when they have a slowdown, right? Because as I mentioned, a lot of my clients are in the boom. There's the other half of the slide on that. And that is going to be a really interesting moment because in my little subsection of the, this greater industry, there are a lot in this, every specialty trade, there are a lot of companies that are owned by an aging population. And those companies right now, by and large specialty trades and home improvement, by and large, have been very greatly benefited from a financial and, and, and project flow. If they haven't, it's because they haven't taken advantage of the opportunities out there. Because like I said, consumers are spending money on their homes, right? People are moving, people are customizing. Oftentimes as well, people's homes have really gained in their value. And if they were to sell, they're making a downward movement, right? They're they're downsizing or downgrading their home unless they're moving to a totally different area where the price is a price value. So if they're moving in their same market, they're not easily able to make a lateral move. And that if they make an upward move, it's such a higher jump. So because people's homes are worth more than usual, we'll say, because home values have increased, they're choosing to stay put because and to make their home what they want it to be right? So that they can love where they live. And um, when the economy makes a downturn, there is going to be a huge opportunity for the right companies to buy up all the little tiny, you know, two, two dudes in a truck, mom and pop shop, husband and wife teams who made their money and just are going to walk away from the business, just retire. Most small business owners, really small business owners who are five, five employees and less do not sell their business. They either bequeath it to a child, which in this industry, a lot of the second generation, third, fourth, fifth generation, don't, they're not interested in it. They either pass it down or they just shutter. They close the doors and they just hang up their keys and walk away because they're retiring. They're done. And in this case, so many companies have made their money in the last 18 months that when the economy does shift in our segment of the industry, there's going to be a huge opportunity for the right companies to snatch up, to just offer, you know, five, 10 grand, 20 grand to all these different organizations, get their marketing, get their websites, get their phone numbers, get their customer lists. And there can be some really, really cool local consolidation and local improvement of some of the companies out there if they position themselves really well. And that for me is a such an exciting opportunity that I just would I would love to see come to fruition. They could be really, really cool. It's going to be really amazing to watch how all of this unfolds. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, be prepared, understand there's risks involved, but you know, it's exciting, scary. Sure. It, could be, it could be traumatic as well, but uh, uh, it'll be all, all, all of the above and then some. So, exactly that. Madeline, I love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. They can go to my website, mmmacrae, three M's, M-M-M-A-C-R-A-E.com. Um, it's my first three initials, last name, two initials and plus last name. Um, it There's a couple facets of things that we do. We work with big corporate clients to help them educate their small business uh, customers, the B2B customers, 
We work with customer service teams, sales teams, and of course, we coach with um, small business owners and their teams to help them navigate all of these unforeseen waters, right? So much of what we do is just looking at what's happening and help them, helping them adjust in a really smart way so that they can be ready, you know, that they're not caught off guard when they see these shifts that come. And if they want to capitalize on some of the cool opportunities that might be out there, that they're in a position to do just that. It's amazing work. And I'll definitely have your link in the show notes. So Madeline, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate you. And I've loved this conversation. Likewise. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.